There is so much investment in healthcare right now. What is charge capture? They now have to understand. They have to be involved and they have to be engaged. Hello and welcome to the RevTech RX podcast powered by Streamline. Today we are at the HFMA annual conference yet again. I'm David Kozlowski. Alongside me is Don Castro, the VP of Revenue Cycle Integration at Tenant. Excited to be here. Thank you. Happy to have you. And Zach Johnson, VP of Solutions at Avalid. Happy to be here as yeah. well. Excited to charged up to go. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is the quick fixes that drive results in the mid-revenue cycle. They're not easy. They're quick. So Zach, you brought some bullets into the house today. Do you want to kind of kick us off? Yeah. So first of all, I think one thing that's easy to say in the industry is update your charge master. But we both know that could mean a thousand different things. That could Absolutely. be updating your CPT codes, doing an audit retrospectively of what's gone on the last six months, yeah. meeting with the clinical departments to find out if they're charging for everything. So when you hear that and you, you know, take that back to your facilities, what does that mean to you? Like, what is the charge, you know, focusing on that for a quick fix? Yeah, so I would say we've tackled it in a couple different ways. For Tenet, we've centralized for many years um, so that we could get a standardized process. But what we've been embarking on is actually some clinical and financial system conversions over the last year. We have many more to do over the next three years. And so there's obviously annual maintenance. There is standardization and really trying to say, how is this hospital comparing to our, the rest of our standardized processes that we want to implement? And that has not been easy. And uh, so I embarked on that journey over the last year and um, found out that we had a lot of discrepancies along the way. And with yeah. that, I mean, the discrepancies, they're so hard to find because half the time you don't even, like you said, you discover them because there's no way to know unless somebody's digging through all that, or if you have a solution that's automating it, it's just, you know, it's something that I feel like we can say, update your charge master. And well, everybody updates their charge master every year for CPTs and prices. Yeah, we do right. that. We're good. And it, but it goes so much deeper. So than much that. deeper. Yeah. And I say, I would say for us, when we think about needle in a haystack, I mean, there was literally folks running, you know, the big V lookup files um, and was not very efficient for us. And so um, that is, you know, one of the areas that I struggled with and needing. We had 19 hospitals that we need to convert of saying, OK, they're on uh, Cerner or Star or Meditech and we're going to put them on tenants, you know, standard clinical, which is Cerner and their homegrown PBAR system, which is the financial. And so when you're trying to compare all of the existing technology that's in there um, and saying, where do, where do these fallouts you know, reside? It's been very helpful because for us, it's more of an exception-based strategy. Right. Um, and when you're doing multiple, we did individual hospitals initially, which we start and intentionally started with the small hospitals. Right. Um, but now we're in multi, uh, you know, markets with multiple clinics. Uh, and that's where we really needed the strategic partnership for that stabilization and more of an exception based strategy. Yeah. When you mentioned, you mentioned the V lookup is inefficient. What, do, what is the reasoning for it? I mean, instantly I feel like that's the first thing to go to, but you mentioned the needle in the haystack. There's a lot of things going on. Can you deep dive into some of these things that yeah, need absolutely. to happen? Yeah, um, Yeah. So we had, you know, someone who is definitely a um, Excel guru mm -hmm. uh, and they're very proud of it. Um, but hours and hours that they were spending kind of saying, OK, tenants got this standard CDM um, that they use in their financial system. They use Cerner for the clinical systems. 
and then they might be on an Envision or Star. So before we're doing our conversion, we have to say, okay, they're on Star or Meditech, and here's how they're charging for these processes, and here's where we want them to be in the long term. And so having a repository and someone to say, okay, here's what's in Cerner, here's what's in PBAR, here's what's in Envision, and here's all of the discrepancies that reside out there today. So you're either charging, you know, for every 15 minutes uh, for OR time, but this hospital that we're converting is charging by the half hour. So understanding those gaps and where we need to, to come up with that standardization it was not easy to figure that out in a VLOOKUP, quite honestly. And so there were still discrepancies that were popping up and people were manually going through that. And, I, and again, we were smart enough to know where we needed the support and the additional you know, expertise and having someone that actually understood Cerner and the way those tables work was very important to us. Even more than that is you can have all that data, but you still need the bridge to the clinical side where some of those discrepancies, you need to ask them, are you charging for this? What is the process? Because someone can look at the data and go, yeah, I guess that's probably the same thing. But that right. communication process between Rev Integrity and the clinical leaders is so important. And the clients who I've seen be successful, that's the communication there is key. They have it great. They all understand the big picture. And I don't feel like that happens everywhere. It does. And, you know, honestly, um, you know, I've, I've been with Tenant 30 years and we thought we had a good little trap by the centralization type process. But as they purchase new hospitals um, and we, you know, are trying to retrofit them into what that tenant standard is, you do the bare minimum initially to get them integrated in. I mean, we're we're going through. Uh, the motions, but reality is until you're on the same clinical and financial system platform, uh, which is the journey that we're on, it's hard to get you exactly right. where you need to be. Even more importantly, you hinted at there a little bit, is when you're bringing them on that new system, understanding the charge capture process. Because that's such a thing that I feel like it's missed in conversions of mm -hmm. the clinical folks truly understanding how they're charging. They're just told, oh yeah, it'll drop charges, don't worry about it. Yeah. No, how was that effect? Because then they're going to keep that in the back of their mind because they don't want to do charging, which right. I agree. You don't do charging. You just document what you need to do. But here's what's going on behind the scenes. So you understand if you skip this step. Exactly. Somebody from Rev Integrity is going to be yeah. all over well, you. Yeah. And that, and I'll tell you, we, we've intentionally created, um, you know, a partnership in one of our markets that is very, very challenging. They've got, you know, five hospitals, over a hundred clinics and, um, they didn't understand how their systems were interconnected. They just knew if I click this box, I think it's working. And they didn't realize that it wasn't. You know, they, there's deeper clinical documentation in Cerner, as an example, or maybe they needed to use a manual tick sheet. They had no clue until we went in and said, okay, you're missing three steps. Oh, and by the way, when you do make these updates for a new CDM, you've got to notify these three systems as well. So it's change management, it's adoption, and it's just ongoing maintenance that, um, you know, there wasn't a great governance structure. Right. So you, you mentioned a lot I know. related to this one area. And if I'm listening in and I hear that this is about quick fixes, what is your pro tip to make it actually a quick fix? 
Not an easy fix, but a quick one. Like, because it's a, it's a ton. Yeah, it is. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I didn't realize personally that how much, uh, it, it would take to have this ongoing maintenance, but I would say, you know, having a repository where all this data is housed and more of the exception based and leveraging the tools that are out there, um, it's cut down our time and being able to identify those problems. So for me, that has been really important for us, at least for these markets that we've converted. I would say the quick side of that is communication. If your clinical teams and your rev integrity teams are not having conversations, there's your, there's your quick, let's just start having that conversation of here's what you guys are doing. Here's what we're doing. Here's the problems we have. Do you even know you're causing these problems? You know, right. Get those conversations started because as soon as they can see, oh, all right, I get why you're trying to push us to do reconciliation or to make sure our documentation's updated. Like that, that's right. a quick conversation to have where you can say, okay, we're going to meet once a month just to not even do anything yet. We're just going to talk about our struggles together right. until everybody gets that buy-in of, you know, really, because that's to me, the clients I've seen the most successful, those two teams get it together and- they understand just knowing it. one another, yeah, just right? Knowing one another. Some, in some cases, we introduced people that had never met, even though they worked in the same market, just by going through this exercise. Mm, yeah. And so, quite honestly, it came, it started with an IT conversion, right? That everybody said, we're going to rally around this. Uh, but my background is operations. And so I said, okay, we got to wrap this around change management. Um, so organizational change management is never easy. Right. And so we assess like, why hasn't this worked since 2013? Well, the way it was being approached was here's the tools and we'll see you later. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's kind of, no, that won't work. Yeah. So you're right. The communication is key. You're mentioning all these great things and, and it may work for tenant. Tenant's a massive organization, but I mean, how does that affect, how do you do it with smaller hospitals where you don't have the big teams and you don't, how does it become truly a, you said not a quick fix, but a fix that is actually obtainable. Yeah. So I, we've been pretty fortunate that um, in either an acquisition mode that either Tenet um, and or any of our other partners, we've been able to apply these lessons learned to individual hospitals. So, um, you know, Tenet owns Conifer um, Health Solutions. And um, so that's where the revenue integrity team actually resides for uh, Tenet, Common Spirit, Dartmouth Health, and others. So that team is centralized already. But as we partner with individual hospitals, single hospitals, we apply those same principles. But we may be working with a single individual in that hospital that now has this Verizon team of access to tools hmm. that they would have never had right. had they been on their own. And so we make it you know, I'll just say, you know, tailor to them, but we still want to give them the all of the tools that they can use and, that would come as a part of a standardized process. Hmm. Standardized, you know, annual updates and the knowledge that we bring to the table, but unique to that individual hospital. Sure, and sure. I think the automation part of that is really what those smaller facilities can really leverage because they don't have teams that can go and Hey, go research this for the next two weeks. They have, they're wearing 10 other hats. Right. So it's even more important to me, the smart facilities I've worked with, that they have some sort of automation to help them do that. And it makes me excited because you can really see change quickly there. They're usually small, tight knit groups. Everybody knows everybody. So if you meet with lab 
and you find missing revenue of a million dollars over the last quarter, that changes that organization completely. Absolutely. And then everybody can start to get bought in even more and more. And that's really, you know, for those facilities, it's a huge deal. And hopefully with some automation pieces, you can really make it that one person where either technology or a great process, they can leverage that. And I think, you know, a lot of times they go live with an EMR and they're kind of left out there on their own because they can't afford consulting. They can't afford all these products. So what do they do? And I think the charge master is a great spot to start and say, if you can get this and you can get your gross revenue up, you're going to see that affect everything else in your organization. Yeah. It all starts with the charge master. I mean, most of my um, experience has been on the back end. And so initially I didn't have an appreciation for how important the charge master was until I started trying to fight denials on the back Mm -hmm. end or, um, you know, CPTs were off and health plans had certain requirements. And so I started diving in deeper into the the CDM world. And so in my new role uh, doing these integrations, it's exciting to actually be able to transform that and do it the right way. Um, but it is it, it is the central point of these hospitals. And so to your point about these smaller hospitals that wouldn't have the ability, having a partner, some someone that actually... Uh, plays in that space that's knowledgeable is really important. It sounds like in the the smaller hospital arena, it, it almost comes across like you're stuck or it feels like you're stuck, like you can't do anything to fix it. Pro tip, what do you got? Like, what's the biggest advice you give to them? You step in, they, let's say you're consulting for free, Zach. What would, what would you say? Consulting for free. That, <laughs> that would happen. Just kidding. Uh, that's pretty much all I ever do is I, <laughs> I try to talk through products and give away consulting for free. Um, I would say just having that, you know, what are their initiatives going to be, you know, for that, you know, if you could do something the next six months, what would it be? But then taking a look at that charge master, and I know it probably sounds a little too arrogant, but I could find a ton of revenue in two weeks just by knowing the clinically driven revenue cycle and how that process works. We can get that revenue piece up, uh, but it's really, you know, trying to find something that's going to be sustainable to leave behind because I've done consulting work where I go there, get them all cleaned up. They're doing great. Six months later, pick up. Oh, we're we're a mess again. Back to right. like, it's really that standardized that change management process that can be a ticketing system, whatever it's going to be, something to keep that streamlined and that you know it makes it as easy as possible for them. Yeah, yes. and I would. I mean, I I totally agree. And I think for for those areas that you know don't have a process, you know, figuring out how can we help them. I mean, you're, you're probably the same as I asking just a few little questions, you know, are you using charge tickets? How are these batches? How do, I mean, you can ask just a few questions and figure out, okay, here's the sweet spot. If they just change these three things. And again, there's the balance of, you know, giving some things away for free, but also you could, you know, really make their lives a lot easier. This, these groups that we've been working with that have been doing this on their own for quite some time and now have this access to this Verizon team of SMEs that have been living and breathing this for years. Um, you know, one of the nurses was just like, I don't know how I've been doing this all these years without the support. And she was in tears. Jeez. And that's when you know, okay, we can make a difference. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It's yeah. incredible. You, I, I, you keyed me into mine. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, cut you No, you're good. Off. You're good. Get rid of manual charging. That's what I would do right there. That's, yeah. If I could go to an organization and do one thing, I would say, bring me all your departments that are manually charging still, and let's get them dropping charges through clinical documentation. I, yeah. I, I, I would just do that. Say, let's just do that, and then move on. Because 
even if it doesn't increase revenue, your clinical teams and the people who are having to manually fill out those tick sheets, their lives are going to be so much better. Yeah. I, that's what I would do. You let me, as, as soon as you said, I was like, yep, that's what I would do. Just get rid of manual charging. Be, yeah, that would be <laughs> the first start. And I'll tell you that as, as a part of these conversions, we are absolutely trying to do it. It's a matter of getting folks bought into that change yeah. management change. and yeah. does the clinical systems and the service lines that they provide support that. So as an example, you know, all, all the big ones, lab, radiology, ED, Perfect. But you start getting into the therapies and all these things mm. that aren't flowing through. In my example, Cerner, I was like, how can I get them on Cerner? You right, know? Yeah. So that it's a it's a bit of an evolution because for me, that does, um, you know, that's the first trigger. What right. EMR are they using that would yep. drive that non-manual <laughs> process? You, you, you both make it sound as if it's this like, harmonious, beautiful world when you actually implement <laughs> this, this, this tip, uh, this quick fix rather. And I, and I got to ask, what are the repercussions if you if we don't do this right as a hospital? And then if you do, what are the like you've touched on the benefits, but give me the holistic view. If you don't do it, this is what's going to happen. If you do do it, this is what your life can be like. Well, so I will tell you. I mentioned um, earlier that you know we bought a group of hospitals. Tenant bought a group of hospitals in 2013. As a part of that, we started doing these conversions and uh, to their tenant, you know, uh, standardized platforms. We did not do a great job in our first round of hospitals. Um, and it happened to be six hospitals that um, we didn't do good change management. Folks didn't understand. They were moving from Meditech to um, their tenant standards. And the CDM was not managed appropriately. People didn't understand what wasn't managed mm. appropriately. And so we ripped them apart. We couldn't drop bills for uh, nine weeks. Um, the revenue cycle came to a halt. Wow. Um, it then halted the rest of our conversions from 2014 to 2019 because they were afraid. Right. Jeez. Rightfully so. Because had they not been a part of a large organization that other markets were basically funding the payroll, they wouldn't have been able to survive. Yeah, keep the doors open. And so wow. um, that's why you have to like take a step back and really think about everything that goes in. And, and honestly, it was all about the CDM. Yeah. And so going into these conversions, having lived through that pain and suffering of the 2014, we call it a tsunami. Um, we knew we had to do something different before we even embarked on this journey mm. so that we could go through the change management, make sure that we had a good strategy before we even started to, you know, do these conversions right. because we didn't want a repeat of that. So nine weeks is a long time to not build yeah, that's a long, claim. Long time. And um, so that that's my why. Yeah. Difference between success and not. That's crazy. Well, especially during that conversion process, I think the biggest thing, and I tell all potential clients this, whether it's somebody like myself or a different company, find a trusted advisor to help lead you through that. Somebody who's done before. Right. You've done a ton of them now. Like Just on the side, let me help you when you have those decision points where you're not sure to avoid those pitfalls. Right. And then I think the thing that we're not saying why these are great, easy fixes is this is from Rev Integrity initiatives. The IT department has their own initiatives. Clinical mm. has their own initiatives. The billing department has theirs. HIM has theirs. 
So how are you going to put your initiatives first? Because it's easy to say, let's do this, but you have to compete with everybody else's top priorities. So it's not just going to be like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, everybody's all in. No, you have to fight and prove why it's so valuable. But I challenge, like, this actually keeps their jobs, right? It should be the number one, correct? Like, like, your doors aren't going to be open if you can't can't do this. Exactly. Well, and and Tell tell a clinical person that their priorities are... Charge master and champion. Sure, you know, sure. That's, yeah, and they may not understand. They don't understand the it. Why? Yep. Exactly. So if you can connect the dots, I mean, we've we've tried to tie back the whys, whether it is you know charge capture or denials, and explain to them, you know, you just you just wrote off a CT scanner. Yeah. Like if had you captured all the, you could have bought a new CT scanner. You could have got that new equipment. Sometimes that connects some of the dots for them. Uh, but the whys, you know, and I'll just say, you know, part of part of our, you know, charge reconciliation and automating some of that is that that is largely put on the clinicians right. who are also running. They're working clinicians. They're running departments. Mm-hmm. They're working on the floors. Um, and so to the extent that we can make it more exception based and, you know, make it a quick, you know, yeah. let me just look at these, you know, five fallouts instead of hunting and packing through multiple reports that's been something that we've enabled and tried to make their lives easier. Um, and selfishly, you know, this, you, you hit on something with competing with multiple, you know, strategies. Um, my role, I was really fortunate because I'm part of a large organization that I, we created a role that is clinical and financial revenue cycle, clinical and financial integrations. Right. I'll just say that. <laughs> Um, it all leads to financial, right? right? If you don't do it correctly. And so I've been pretty fortunate to sit on both sides and actually see it and, and really govern it from both right. sides. Well, the revenue integrity team sits in between. That's really exactly. the bridge. Is the revenue integrity yeah. team is that bridge at every organization. Team, right? right. And so we sit right in the middle and we're fortunate enough to have some of those lessons learned that we can partner with someone that actually knows how to do that. And, and I do. I mean, I think you have to find a trusted partner. And lots of folks have solutions out there. I know you guys do. Um, we, I was smart enough to know it is, this is not my sweet spot. Right. And I've got lots of other competing priorities. We're doing billing system integrations. We're doing all sorts of things. And so having partners to come in and help advise us is critical. I got. I know we're coming close on time, but I do got one question. You okay. said you said a minute ago, and you said uh, you you try to connect and you show the why to the clinical staff. What would be, in your advice, the best way to communicate to all these other business partners internally that this is this should be our number one focus right now? Because in my mind, I'm I'm going to go out and say you're not going to have a job if we don't do this. Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, is that. Is that well, a good I'm, tactic? <laughs> I'm going to take what kind of yeah. you said. And it's really, you almost stole my sales pitch when I'm meeting with clinical departments who have never done charge reconciliation before. And we're pitching a, a new process for them. They say, you know, is, is your budget tied to your revenue? Yes. This will increase your revenue. This is going to increase your budget. You're going to be able to hire more people. You're going to have more productivity. Is that something you're interested in? And it's like, right. oh, yeah, I, I definitely would do that this for 15 minutes a day if I can increase right. my budget for next year. All right. Now it's like the why we got, we've been talking about that the whole time today, the why getting them to see the why. And once they get there, it's like, all right, I see what you're doing. Yeah. And, and that's exactly it. I mean, we, we are talking about change management and stats, like folks talk about, you know, I had X number of visits and stats 
stats are important in hospitals, right? It's, it's activity-based. And so that's how they get more staffing. And so the more that's accurate, yeah, it does. It, and that connects to the, hey, maybe you could hire that person so you're not a working director out on the floor doing lab draws or radiology right. and running, running around the whole hospital. Yeah. So yeah, it, that, that's exactly what we do. Oh, that's fair. That's great. Don, Zach, hopefully you guys can join us again soon on the Red Tech Rocks podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you all so much for listening in. Again, I'm David Kozlowski, the Red Tech RX podcast powered by Streamline. Take care.